Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee Theology and Jesus podcast. I am your host, as always, Tim Whitaker, joined by my co-host... Rob McMichael. Well, you were my co-host. I still am. I don't know, Rob. This is a heartbreaking moment for me. First, Jordan. Jordan, we still love you. You still love him. (laughs) And now you. Ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, Robbing Michael is leaving New Jersey. He is moving far away to North Carolina. You got it. To pursue money. <laughs> if you ask some people, that is the... That what does the Bible say, Rob? You cannot serve both God and man. Wait, God and money. Sorry. I'm a little tired today. God and money. Well, and it, it is 1040. In my opinion, you're serving God. I mean money. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So how's it feel, Rob? Tell me. It's pretty surreal, actually. I don't. I don't think it's hit me yet that you're moving. That we're moving. Have you grown up here in New Jersey your whole life? Basically. Wow. Um, when like junior and senior year, I lived in Iowa with my family, but then I moved back to New Jersey for college, and I've been here ever since. So this has really been home for you. Yeah, absolutely. And Julia, this has also been her home, right? Yeah, she went to Liberty for. A, like, like half a year, year. <laughs> um, where she got her her tattoo her hebrew tattoo no that one's uh chinese i think oh my bad <laughs> or japanese i don't remember me, but she's moving so it doesn't really matter so. yeah that's right so are you guys pretty excited about the move well why don't you tell our listeners why are you moving how far back do you want to go just give us like the nutshell version so the home that we first purchased was a starter home. We bought it with the intention, five, ten years, we're going to sell this, tear down our barns and build greater. Right. Got it. Um, so there was a house in Morristown that we were kind of looking at. It was a fixer-upper, needed a lot of work, and we are like, great time to get into Morristown. Sure. Uh, let's pray about this, put our house on the market, and kind of just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And from the beginning, Julie and I were like, Lord, whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, we'll go. It doesn't matter. So a couple of the options here in New Jersey kind of didn't pan out. Um, we had buyers for our house. That kind of fell through a little bit. So we were like, you know what? Maybe the Lord's just telling us, no, wait it out. Just stay here. I go on a work trip to Chicago to an expo. My boss takes me out to lunch and he's like, Rob, how do you feel about moving to North Carolina for our company? It's like, uh, well, this might be the Lord telling me something else. Right. Let me call Julia. Right. Uh, so that night I talked to Julia. I kind of prayed about it. We were like, maybe this is what God was preparing us for. And so we just quickly made the decision. Some people were like, oh, you made that decision so fast. But it's like, we've been praying about this since we put our house on the market like a couple of months ago. Right. And we got buyers really fast. We went down to North Carolina, found a house really fast. And and now yeah, you're leaving. Now I'm leaving. And you leave in a few days, don't you? Uh, well, we're going on <laughs> a very poorly timed vacation. Wow, that is poorly timed. <laughs> That's terrible. So where? Texas. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, we're going Are to... Are you going to see... We're going to the Davidians. The fixer upper people? No, no, the Davidians in Waco, Texas. Oh my gosh! As but long you, as you're not going to like like the Christian Mecca, what what's their names? 
Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yeah, are you going down there to visit them for real? No, you Tim. are. You are. <laughs> I am. I, I swear, every like Christian couple I know does that. I've I've known so many who it's, are. We're gonna go see them. That's the journey to the homeland. It's the journey to the homeland. So you're going, and then you come back to Jersey after your vacation for one day, and then we leave. Oh my gosh, what kind of vacation is that? <laughs> so we we booked it back in like. December. Okay. And with our friends and Oh, you're going with, with friends. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's that's cool. <laughs> you wanna go? No. Okay, good. Um so we booked it with them. Uh the other couple, they have two kids and a third on the way. We have two kids. We're leaving all of the kids home and we're going as two wow. couples. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. But you know, if you invited me and Sarah, you don't we, have any kids. We'd, we'd leave no kids behind. That's so. true. But that's that was a prerequisite. You have to leave kids behind. Oh uh, well, then never mind. Never mind. Right. Yeah. We'll vacation together in North Carolina no, we because won't. it's a perfect state. No, you mean we'll vacation down where you live? Correct. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're excited about this move? I am. That's good, man. We're gonna miss you. I I think it'll hit me once I'm there, and then I'm like, wait, I'm in a different state. You're in a different state. Everything that I know is gone away. It's back here. I mean, yeah. I might Skype you in for a podcast here or there. Hard to know. Um, we'll see how the website holds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, best of luck and prayers. All the good Christian stuff that Christians say. Thanks. But it will be different for sure. So um, there you have it, friends and family who are listening to this podcast. Rob is leaving me. CTJ, as you know it, is over. And now one truly is the loneliest number. <laughs> And it's me. I dun, can't monologue, dun, dun. so I'm going to need to find, I guess, you or Jordan or someone to host with me because I need someone to bounce Listen, ideas I'll off still ho- Look, I'm in North Carolina now, so I'll just be your southern host. Oh. Man, Tim. Oh, my God. I'm just telling you right now. No. Things are slower down here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll never get a podcast out. <laughs> it's going to be months. Well, we already do months. Years <laughs> in between episodes. Well, this will be our last hurrah then, I guess, our last in-person podcast for the foreseeable future. Correct. So let's make it a good one. Although I'll be back because I'm still running my department up here. So How I'll, often will we be up here? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You're running your department up here, but you're moving down there? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So right? I run the engineering department up here. I'm also going to start getting the engineering together down in our other facility. Making that money. Woo, woo. All right. <laughs> So, we have quite a few things to talk about. We do. Um, I know you wanted to bring up something first, so I'm going to give you the, the microphone here. Give me the floor. Like I'm it's the all s- yours. What's on your mind, Rob? Hey, this is your episode until I, take, until I take over. Oh, my goodness. I don't, know. I don't know what to do with all this newfound freedom. I know. That's why you have me. Um, so many things. Tim, how about the shooting? All right. Let's talk about that first, right away. I mean... That's the biggest thing in the news right now. Everyone's blowing up. Hundred percent. And luckily, right now, I'm I'm off of social media until Easter. I'm taking some time off, so oh, I, nice. I have no clue what people are saying. I can only imagine. I haven't been on Facebook since like New Year's. I so. can only imagine the articles and the links that are being posted and fought about. From what I've been reading, though, in the news, like the the mainstream media, you know, <laughs> all those evildoers. Right. Um. It just seems like we're we're running around in circles. So mm-hmm. obviously, the shooting was terrible. Of course, our thoughts, our prayers are of course or with the victims and their families you know and, and I, honestly i do have to say i do wonder like how many more of these we have to have before like something is done that being said i don't know what 
should be done. Right. Um, I don't think other countries have the same problem that we have. I don't. I, I don't know why it's a uniquely American problem. Maybe it's because of the ease of access to guns for sure. But I think it also could be tied to mental health, uh, and, big time, and tied to the culture of our country as a whole too. I. It uh, it's so hard when people are like, "Well, look at Australia. Look at China. Look at." You're comparing completely different countries, completely different cultures, societies, people. I mean, it's, just, it's not as it's not as black and white as people want to make it out to be. Well, what do you think are some solutions to start out with? Because I'll tell you what I see. First off, let's talk about about Trump. And I haven't talked about him at all because I'm not on social media, so I have a lot to say about that guy. <laughs> but he came out saying some pretty extreme things. He wants stricter background checks. He wants to raise right. the, the limit for buying a gun. Where Where's the outcry? Because when Obama you know, said things that were even less radical than that, of course, the NRA and all those guys are up in arms. I, I, I do see the politic game coming through here more than ever, yeah. and it's pretty upsetting because it just shows that that, that party allegiance is, is takes precedence over... Good Common ideas, sense or, good yeah, ideas. Absolutely. You know, like whether you're a liberal and you're just so anti-gun, or you're a conservative and you are sponsored by the NRA to push through certain policies. But it does feel like once again, nothing is happening. Nothing's mm-hmm. getting done. Right. And I, we, we talk about this. No matter what the subject is, that people feel tied to their political party over saving lives over. Uh, making laws that will make us safer. Oh, and it's just like, right. people, how how many times do you and I have to get on this podcast and say our thoughts and prayers are with right. so-and-so? I, yeah, the Hollywood, or the uh, Vegas shooting, the, 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 the Orlando Hulk shooting, the Orlando. Yeah, we, we've done this many times too. And listen, I'm all about thoughts, I guess, and prayers. I, I mean, right. prayer does change things. I believe that. Yeah, but absolutely. people also change things. And people also cause a lot of these things to happen. I just wonder, you know, what I don't understand is I'm all about a Second Amendment. I've grown up around guns my entire life. I actually own a firearm myself. I'm all about <gasps> it. I know. I said it. I'm sorry. However, however, that doesn't mean that 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 a firearm should be given out like candy either. Right. You know, just because you have a right to bear it doesn't mean that that, that in every single circumstance you should have that, that right. Every person has a right. Right. Right, exactly. And if not, we got to figure out where the line is. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why the NRA fights so hard on, you know, mandatory background checks or a mental health evaluation before you own a firearm. If you have nothing to hide, especially with your mental health, there should be no reason why you should fight that. You know right. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and apparently in this particular case, this kid, the signs were all over the place. Like, right. I think there, there were like forty-five calls to the kid's home. He said he was going to be a school shooter one day. So, I mean. How do you miss that? What is it because we live in in, in, a, in a culture that's too politically correct in certain moments, and we don't want to we don't want to speak up in, in fear of getting embarrassed or being wrong about something? Right. I don't know, but the bottom line is that seventeen people are dead because of this. Right, and I think there's definitely something to be said with we still haven't overcome the negative stigma of mental health in this country. Yeah, and. I think that's the first problem we should be addressing is all the money that we're spending on lobbyists and gun control and should you be able to buy it, shouldn't you? Take half of that money and put it towards mental health awareness, put it towards screenings, put it towards uh, just lowering that stigma of negativity towards mental health. It, It would go a long ways in getting people the help they need, making these people that feel this way 
feel like they're not alone and this right. is the last resort and this is what I have to do right. to get attention or whatever it is. Whatever that, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously he was very troubled, yeah. clearly. Um, it's just, it's upsetting because, you know, I read an article um, that said that, uh, you know, apparently a couple co- uh, companies decided to pull their support of the NRA by, you know, getting rid of the NRA's discounts or I think Delta pulled away some of yeah, their a couple air- airlines. Yeah. yeah. So when Delta did that, the uh, GOP in Georgia threatened to take away Delta's tax breaks. Yeah, for ha- the fuel. And, right. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like now the government is punishing a company for doing what they want, but... Uh, on the other hand, a gay uh, a baker couldn't should be able to deny a gay couple a wedding cake, right? And the government should interfere, but now the government can't interfere because it's it's because they want them to interfere. Well, they have bigger bigger lobbyists, right? Does that make sense? So you know, right, like, like it, it's it's not a consistent thing. G, the GOP, the Democrats, conservatives, whatever, they don't really stand for those values. They stand for them when they're convenient for their side. You know, when all of a sudden, convenient for their pockets, right? Yeah, their pockets. Oh, that, that's exactly correct. You know, all of a sudden, the NRA, you know, is getting what they think is funding pulled, and so the GOP is going to step in to fight Delta. It's craziness. Like they, a company should have the right, shouldn't? they in theory yes. to make these decisions without fear of, of political or a government-based backlash right so it's very interesting this whole situation because what what do we do what can be done a lot of the students have been taken on um active have be have been becoming activists which i think is great you know i know that a bunch of them walked out in protest and listen i'm all for it because something's got to give i mean who would have thought that our schools would be places where people can get murdered you know, mass murder. Right. Honestly, and there are you know since Columbine, there have been so many school shootings, yet nothing is done. You know, so and on top of all that, by the way, side note, the one of the, the guard who was armed for some reason did not go inside the building. So there's also that side of it as well. He was there. They had an armed guard, an armed guard there. He never went inside. Right. Don't know what happened. I've, I've seen articles posted on both sides, and I. I haven't had the time to Again, read them. Again, depending on what article you read, <laughs> right. you get a whole different version of what you think the truth is. Right. And that's one of the dangers in our society, I think, with the, with this media that we have. They really pander to certain bases, and that supersedes the actual facts of the situation. Mm-hmm. Every side has to spin what they think is right. Because you know? they know what their readers want to read. Exactly. And exactly. so that's what they write. And um, what's I can't remember what that is called, but... Basically, you're reading your own bias into stories and everything like that. Right. Yeah, exactly right. So I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely something needs to be done. And if people want to listen to our podcast, we'll uh, give you lots of ideas. Yes, we have tons <laughs> of ideas, good ideas. So, yeah, that's very frustrating. It's it's very weird. Also, side note, Trump sent out a campaign email asking for money, and he used a picture from one of the victims of the Parkland shooting like, in like the hospital. I saw the article, and I saw the – and they even said, you know, Trump wants to whatever, stop his stuff, donate to – and then there was link, a link to donate to his campaign later on in the – I don't under – some of those moves I don't get. Why are you campaigning your president? I don't understand that. Why are you using the, a shooting to uh, – it's very disappointing. <laughs> but uh, at least uh, Melania, she had, I saw she had a pretty good speech about um, the victims – she did right. yeah good it's like you know we really need to stand together and good well we do something needs to be done well then on the other side you have cnn's town hall debate did you hear did you, oh yeah oh my gosh i mean <laughs> the other side of the equation did you see the babylon v though what they did no I oh didn't. my gosh i gotta pull it up so the babylon v 
For those of you guys who don't know, it's a Christian satire website. It's hilarious. And it's also really accurate, like surprisingly it, accurate. Insanely accurate and so well researched. So well. I, so one of the things that um one of the things that that this CNN town hall did was they had someone from the um from the NRA there, then they had, you know, people being able to kind of ask her questions and it ended up being a, a total bloodbath. I mean, the crowd was super hostile. How many more children must die? Yelling that kind of stuff. And it was just crazy, you know? And, and I mean, I, I have, I have pr- uh, respect for the girl who went into the lion's den pretty much, you right, know? She knew what she was getting in. Right. So, you know, one of the big points is, you know, how many more, more people have to die from senseless gun violence, you know? So the Babylon Bee in all their genius rights, uh, for, for their headline, fed up with deadly violence, nation demands common sense abortion control. And it's always people who are, you know, um, we're just one hand, we're just, we're one of just a handful of countries in the world with such lax laws on abortion. And look where it's gotten us, one marcher said to reporters. So it's almost treating like if they treated abortion like how they treated gun laws, it would be so different. But it's the same thing. People are being mass murdered. So I just thought it was. It was genius, man. It was it was great. So, anyway, well, speaking of mental health, Rob, I'm 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 actually excited about this podcast. Yeah, I am as well. And I hope it helps someone who's listening to this because I want to share a little bit about my story the past maybe two months and mm-hmm. kind of see where this conversations go where this conversation goes. So, probably like end of December, um, around that time frame, I ended up seeing um, Jumanji. The movie Jumanji. The new one? The new one. Okay. Hilarious, by the way. It was great. Recommended. Not for kids, but still hilarious. But in the middle of the movie, I had a panic attack. Hmm. I did. I got real hot and I got real flustered and I just got like panicky and like, what's going on? I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to pass out. And I walked out of the movie to get some air and I came back in. I finished the movie, but I was still kind of like off. You know what I mean? That was very. I don't really get panic attacks. Or at least I never. I never really had them before. I think as a kid I might have had them, but I. I, I didn't make the connection of oh, this is a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So um, got home with Sarah. We had a good night. Didn't think much of it. Kind of got through it, you know. But the rest of that month, as January approached, like I kind of got into a funk, like a really weird funk of just not really wanting to go out, and a lot of the desires that I had weren't really there all of a sudden. And I'm like, what is going on with me? And I started falling into an uh, anxiety, honestly, like really right. bad anxiety, which for me was a in was really a first mm-hmm. for being being able to realize that oh, this is what anxiety is like, right? Because I've never really I've had moments of anxiety, or I've had you know I've had moments of worry, but not like chronic, steady. Yeah, and I, exactly. And you know, um, it got to a point where. Um, I'll never forget it. I was with, I was at the house. I had a whole day off. I kind of sat around and just tried to, at the time I didn't know research. I'm just trying to fix whatever I think the problem is, right. which now that knowing what like I know. Like a typical man. I'm right. just going to fix myself. Well, exactly right. I, in my head, I'm like, you'll get through it. You'll fix it. You'll, let's just pray. Don't be anxious about anything. You're going to be fine. But you know, I've realized now that I know this, that when you fight that, it actually gets 10,000 times worse. So I fought it with all of my manly grit and it got 10,000 times worse. Right. And so Sarah came home from shopping and she's so happy. And I'm just like, 
not mad that she's happy, but I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, she's thrilled. And why am I like not responding well to her being happy? Right. This is super weird for me. Like, I don't know how to explain this feeling. And then I got really panicked, like really panicked. And I just felt like I, I, my, I felt like I was trapped inside my own body, which is a very weird feeling to feel. It is very weird where you're just like, I can't get out of my own body ever. I'm stuck here forever. The walls are closing in. Oh my gosh, what do I do? Because no matter where you run, you're still inside your own body. And my mind had that had that thought process in like half a second. Like all that just right. flooded my brain. Like, just boom. immediately hit. Immediately. So I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to act calm and not be emotional because my wife is here and I have to be strong in front of her. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna show it. I'm gonna go lay down before I have. I have uh, uh, music practice that night. I'm gonna try and take a nap before I, I, I do anything. She's like, oh, okay, no problem. So I close my eyes and my mind is just it a is, mile a minute. It is a race, and I am just panicking. I am. What is wrong with me? Am I in reality? Am I not in reality? Where am I? I'm, of course, the term now I know is disassociating. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of that, and I'm just like, I'm panicking. So I get back out of bed and through work we get access to a counselor um we get, uh, we get eight counseling sessions for free throughout the year we can call oh. anytime which is great yeah so i'm like you know what I'm, I'm gonna call so i call and they go oh we're you guys are actually switching over to a new company so we can't counsel you right now so then i'm like really panicking i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh like what is gonna happen so i call my my company hr line like hey they just told me this, what's going on and the guy was not any help at all. He's like, oh yeah, well you still have access to them, but we're just switching over. So you can't call, you can't call right now. But I'm like, wait, do I have access to them or not? He's like, well, you have access to them in a week from now. I'm like, okay, that doesn't help me that right doesn't now. Help me like, right now what I'm saying is like, having. yeah, like I'm freaking out in my head. I want to talk to someone. I thought I could, now I can't. So now the loss, now that feeling of control is really yeah. out the window. <laughs> so I'm just like, I am a freaking wreck. So at that point I say, Sarah, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm freaking out. And I called the only person I thought I can call, my mom. You call mom. Obviously. So I called my mom, and I just lost it. I right. was crying, but I heard her voice. I just was, oh, I was a baby. I can understand that completely. I've had situations where you're totally fine. Yeah. Or you're on the brink of right disaster exactly as soon as you hear mom's voice uh it's a, you just jumped right off I, i'm right off the cliff and i'm just like you know like i don't know what's wrong and, I, and all i can think about in the moment was i was just so grateful for, for my parents in the moment yeah. i really was like I, in that moment everything was hitting me of how much my parents did for me and I, I didn't know how to receive that in the moment like my, my brain couldn't handle it like your parents like paid for everything they raised you your parents are amazing people like they are unbelievable your dad worked his butt off you know for you and did all worked all these hours that you'll never understand until right now you're understanding all of it how much they did for you and all the values that they instilled in you and how good of a role model they were it all just hit me in one fell swoop and i am just bawling i mean i am just i just love you guys i'm just so you know my dad has some back problems because i've had hardy's work for us yeah. so i felt so guilty about that like it's my fault and you know my dad ended up calling me like a minute later and we ended up talking it was great you know it was so it was very therapeutic honestly but it was like a full-fledged freaking panic attack mm -hmm. and sarah's like so this is what a panic attack is and i'm like okay good to know i'm just a wreck you know i'm just like bawling 
So that was the beginning, really, of me being like, okay, something is not right. Like, right. I don't know what is going on with me, but this is a whole new territory. And coming to terms with, okay, I can't fix this. Right. It's something bigger than I thought it was. Right. That's that's the thought. Is like, okay, this won't be fixed in a day. Yeah. You know, and for a guy, especially someone like me who as I'm learning more, more about myself, really thrives off of controlling a situation, feeling like you're in control, being able to at will change how you feel about things. Like I, I, I've always prided myself in that stuff. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I can't. I can't just will it away. Um, pretty freaking panicky and also anxious, like super anxious, you know, having thoughts of just total things that are not real, but believing them in my subconscious, I guess. Like and, that. and you're going down that rabbit trail of oh, man. this leads to this leads to this leads to this. Right. The what ifs, right? The, the what if game. And here's what I realize about myself. Like, I've always been that way my whole life. I've always been an imaginative, futuristic thinker. Oh, it's one absolutely. Of my, it's one of my strength finder strengths. Like, I... I, I I pride myself on that. Like I think about the future, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, like I, it's almost like okay. So follow me for a second. I'm going to try and explain things that maybe are hard to explain. So if you're listening out there, just try and track with me. So there's a part of you that is the conscious part where you're like, hey, I know this isn't real, but then there's a deeper part of you that is subconscious that goes, no, it is real, and you can't tell that part that no, it's not real. Like it doesn't believe you. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So like so so. I felt like the subconscious part of me finally caught up to all of my conscious worrying mm-hmm. of, of the past like 10 years, being based off of, well, what if? Oh, well, just trust the Lord. Okay, I'll believe it, but there's still that, that deep down what if. And all of a sudden, like a light switch, it's like, no, I believe these what ifs to be reality, and now you're going to panic. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what the heck is going on with me? Because... For someone who, again, the word pride will be th- will be throughout this conversation. Yeah. You know, I prided myself in being the stable. I mean, I'm the firstborn. I'm the stable one. I'm there for my siblings. You know, I got to be the good role model. I'm the good Christian guy. I pride myself in being a good musician and being one of the best of, that I know of, you know, and working hard at it. And my identity was a musician who maybe one day would, would do things for the kingdom, you know, right. and just tour and be the next Hillsong or Elevation, you know. And all of a sudden, like all these cracks in that foundation just started showing. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I've been in this like um, recovery of just a mix of, and I really, especially now processing it out loud for the first time in a while, this co- combination of, I think, an identity crisis, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, um, and, you know, just a feeling of like, like, who am I? You know, which is very weird because, you know, things are so connected in your brain. They're so tied together. You really have to take time to unsort some of that stuff and be able to call it what it is right? Um, without, without, without getting terrified. Because mm-hmm. for me, I get terrified. Like, if I admit I have anxiety, that's an identity I'm putting on myself. And I, I will never have anxiety. But you are anxious right now. So be honest. But not too honest because if you do that, you might start lying to yourself that you'll have this forever. Right. And then you're going to get more anxious. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's been quite the journey. Um, would If you told me two months ago, three months ago, this is where I'd be, I probably would have laughed. Right. But here no, I am. Oh, me? I can't. Here I am. Right. You know? And it is humbling, to say the least. It sounds like it. It is. Um, I guess a question after hearing all of that. Yeah. How is your mind different now from before when it comes to someone going through anxiety? Like me being able to relate to someone? Just so 
I'm I'm coming at this from a past Christian experience of hearing, oh, you have problems, you have marriage problems. Well, Christ can heal those. Yeah. Oh, you have temptation problems, Christ can heal those. Yeah. Oh, you have anxiety or worry. Right. Christ can heal that. Right. How, how I would imagine you were brought up in kind of that same mentality of Christ is your healer. He can do everything. Of course. Rest in him, pray, read the Bible. You're going to be fine. Of course. How is your mind a little different now going through that? Because I'm sure there at every point you're like, oh, I'm going to, I need to pray about this. Definitely. And was there a point where like prayer didn't, you didn't feel like prayer was helping or. Yeah. I mean, I, first off, that's, maybe one of the scariest things that that this process has brought up to the surface is that I've had to wrestle with like what happens when the prayer or me reading that that classic scripture about you know not worrying you know or, or worrying won't add a day to your life what happens when that doesn't quote unquote work right you know what happens when you're praying you're praying you're praying you're only more panicked and you don't hear anything from the Lord all of a sudden and you're like wait this is my whole life is 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 Christ and why don't I hear him speaking to me because you hear these stories of I was so desperate for Jesus and he just touched me and I never had that struggle again right. but that's not my experience and it's just being honest like I'm not saying I'm I've forsaken my faith, of course not, but that's not my experience yet, right? right? Could be one day, but as of now, it hasn't been. What I realized is that I had to take ownership of what's happening to myself, and I had to reach out to all kinds of sources, including spiritual, but mm-hmm. also a lot of other ones. I've picked up, there's a great app I found called Headspace. It's like 12 bucks a month. It has all kinds of different meditations that bring you through. Right now I'm going through one on anxiety. It's 30 days, 10 minutes a day. And it just brings you through breathing techniques and, and mind techniques just to be able to get a hold of your mind and be able to let thoughts float on by without getting stuck in what they call a loop. So, right. you know, a thought can get stuck in this cycle and it just, it gets bigger and bigger as your brain just throws it in this circle of, oh, that's an anxious thought. Well, what if it really happened? Oh no, it's going to happen. How do I stop it? I can't stop it. And then it just, it cycles on and on. So I had to do a lot of, and I, I still am. I had to do a lot of, um, a lot of research into what what is this? What is anxiety? I watched a ton of TED Talks. I watched so many TED Talks. I, I just finished a book today, an audio book called Making Anxiety Your Friend. It was $6 off the iBook store. Not at all a Christian book, but still very practical and just right. great things on how to understand what anxiety is. Mm-hmm. So it's really shifted because, you know, I still, listen, my anxiety in this, this experience in a sense has been almost a, a one of my greatest gifts because it's it's forced me to change. Right, you have. I had to change habits, um, unhealthy habits that you didn't realize were unhealthy right, previously. Right. I, I completely true. So right now, my morning for the past three weeks has been: I wake up, first thing I do, I get that Headspace app out. I do med- I, I do that meditation or reflection, whatever you want to call it. That doesn't make it sound too new agey. Okay, right. I'm not worshiping <laughs> some some spirit world, or I'm not talking about my inner self. It's just helping you clear your it mind. It is and a get practical step by step. Breathe now. Think about a thought now. Watch it float by. It's just it's mental. It's a mental exercise. Right. I do that. From there, I get in the Word. I read about one chapter a day. Even if even if maybe I don't comprehend it, it's just that being in the habit of reading yeah, the Bible. Habitual. Yep. Then I'll spend some time in prayer, maybe five ten minutes, and then I'll journal. That's my new morning routine. It used to be wake up, spend time on Instagram, spend time on Facebook, mosey on out of bed, um, watch some TV. You know, uh, get your day together. Think about what you're going to do. And then go to work. That used to be it. Right. But now it's not that at all. 
because these moments force you to change because it's what you're doing isn't working. It's not bringing peace. So what do you have to do to bring yourself to that point? So yeah, so so definitely, you know, that's been a big part of it is having to change habits um, to deal with and understand what anxiety actually is. So from from the time that this started, when was it that you stopped your morning routine of Facebook and Instagram? I just thought of this as you were saying Hon- that. Honestly, I don't really – well, I can tell you probably based on this. I started doing – because this, this tracks the app. I'm pulling up right now the app so I can take a look at like when I started. Mm-hmm. So the first ever meditation I ever did was January 26th. And that was, it's called a basic session. It, it makes, it's like a 10 day, just welcome right. to the idea of, of thinking with your eyes closed. Right. Uh, and then from there, I've been going almost ever since. So I guess I'm at the 30 day mark, almost okay. a month now. I've been doing this pretty consistently. I think I missed three or four days in between, but it's been pretty consistent. The reason I'm asking is, do you think from reflections and looking at how you thought about things, did the Facebook, Instagram, routine in the morning affect negatively your anxiety or yes even if it wasn't oh man i'm getting so anxious looking at people's perfect lives but just that subculture of social media that is a great point honestly and i'll tell you one thing that really got to me it hit me like a ton of bricks maybe a few weeks ago that my whole instagram account i just followed 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 other drummers right so my whole world was drummers who were way better than me yeah. And it made me feel incredibly inad- inadequate and insecure. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I'm, I'm, who am I? You know, like, these guys have the life that I quote unquote want. Right. It really hit me that, that social media, Instagram, for me, I guess for yeah. everyone, but for me, was really poisoning my mind with things that weren't real and also giving me realities that weren't real. So, one of the things that broke me out of that cycle was I was watching the Olympics, I was watching the snowboarding, snowboarders do their, do their thing. And it hit me. I said, you know what? Those guys probably have Instagrams that are full of other snowboarders. Their whole Instagram is snowboard. It's They probably get advertisements for snowboards. Yeah. They have all their snowboarding friends. They probably post videos of them snowboarding. I could care less about snowboarding. But that's, but that's how music is for me. My Instagram is full of ads for music and drumming and better techniques to be a better drummer. So... So the world is much bigger than just the one thing that I was focused on, which was right. music. And But Instagram for me made it made, made the whole world about music and being right. a musician. And if you're not doing it, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was part of why I got I said, you know, I'm taking time off. I'm gonna, you know, for in honor of Lent, I'm going to take time off of social media because I'm living in in other realities that aren't real. Yeah. So I that really woke me up. The other thing that I also thought about recently. I was talking to a friend about this, is that you know this social media culture in the history of humanity is about 10 years old. Right. Think about that for a second. I mean, let's, let's, let's for sake of argument, let's say that we've been around for 5,000 years as humans, which I, I know I don't think is true, but for sake of right. all my Christian listeners, I'll go with it, all right? <laughs> Out of 5,000 years, we're 10 years into the idea of social media and 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 these computers that are in our hands and the internet, like we're very new 
to this human experience of watching someone else's life through a screen. Right. So we don't know the real impact it has yet. We don't. We think we do because we feel like it's been here forever, but it's been here for only 10 years. Right. I mean, the first iPhone came out 10 years ago or almost 11 now. Facebook was not really was was in the infancy stages. Instagram was not a thing. That's how new this stuff is. So we don't know how it affects people's brains. I can tell you for me, at least for now, I needed a full detox. I yeah. got to cut the cord. And get back to reality because one of the things about about anxiety is that it robs you of the reality. It, you mm-hmm. can't be present, so you're thinking about everything else that isn't real that's in your head, and it robs you from every moment that you're in now. And that's yeah. why you're not at peace. You know, that's why you're not, that's, that, that's why you're not at peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I I've read some newer articles on they're starting to study the effects of phones and social media and instant access and all of that on our minds and our realities because we're creating these a false sense of reality through social media yeah and i think that's why the generation under us is the iGen that's what they're terming them is because this is this is the world that they're growing up in and it's not a healthy one yeah. unless you make it healthy i agree um, I do. but we're teaching them horrible things and i think as we progress into it uh we're entering into those things too Um, yeah you brought up a great point about the instant instant everything you know it's funny when i first started doing the um the headspace app the the reflection you know i was so anxious i'm like oh the anxiety went perfect session one out of 30 all right i'm closing my eyes i do it i'm like i don't feel any different it didn't work oh my gosh like it's not working but it takes time like here's the thing we might live in a fast-paced world, but your mind can only, will only heal and rewire itself so fast. Correct. And now I'm on day, you know, twelve or thirteen, and it's been actually I've seen very big results of this. They call it the 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 um, term is called noting. We're able to take a thought, acknowledge it. You acknowledge the feeling it gives you, and then you're able to let it pass on by. But that takes time to learn how to do that, especially right. in an anxious state. But the first couple of days, I'm like, it's not working. Oh my gosh! Because again, I was trying to solve anxiety. Right. Here's the thing that I'm realizing, and it's true. Everyone, everyone will tell you this. You don't solve anxiety. You don't fix it. And at first, I was kind of panicky, like, oh no, my identity will now be anxiety. But today, I had this thought today actually that anxiety is just one of the many human emotions. Mm-hmm. It's built into everyone. Everyone at some point will experience some form of anxiety. Maybe some people will have it long-term, and that's due to just how they're thinking and stuff, for sure. But most people will, exp- will experience it. It's funny because in our culture, no one says, oh, I have happiness. Right. I'm just, I, I get happy often. I It's a mental condition. I'm just too happy. <laughs> but we're quick to say, oh, I have anxiety. Like We're, we're quick to label ourselves with a negative emotion, right. but not the positive one. Oh, yeah. he's He needs to go to anger management. Right. Right. It's like, I have anger. It's like, yeah, we all do. But you know what you do with it is what matters. Right. Same thing with anxiety. Everyone has the potential for anxiety inside of them. It's, it's, it's fear-based usually, and fear is a good thing, right? At its core, yep. fear is what saves you from you know, running into the middle of the street, yeah. right? But the problem is when fear in your mind gets ahead of itself, and you're in places that aren't in reality, and your mind believes that you're really there, right? and somehow the walls are closing in, right? So there's definitely a place, and I think anxiety is can definitely spiral out of control, and it can lead you some as i'm discovering some very dark depressing places Mm -hmm. but there's there's a way out but it's not by fixing you don't fix it you just learn how to how to be with it so would you say it's more of a coping so yeah not coping can sometimes have a negative it does in my head terminology coping right but in terms of like anger i learned to cope with my anger i learned to right control it and to 
to channel it because I think anger in the right way can be used for good things. Hundred um, percent. Listen, anxiety. Anxiety. Okay, so let me, let me back up for a second. Another person I've been watching is Tony Robbins. Okay. I've went through maybe five of his lectures. I've watched his uh, "I'm Not Your Guru" documentary again. I like him, and I'll tell you why I like him because. I believe he's, he's sincere and he's very practical. Mm-hmm. He's not about just the head stuff. And he'll tell you, he says this all the time. I'm not going to tell you, you know, your garden has no weeds. I'm going to say your garden has weeds. We got to pull them out. I appreciate that, you know, right. because I'm like, yeah, thank you. Let's talk about the problem. Let's get through it, you know. So I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. One thing he says, um, hold on, I just lost my, lost my train of thought. You were just talking about, can you catch me back up again? I just lost it. What you just I said. was talking about coping with anger. Anger can fuel you to oh, the. I got it. Thank you. Sorry. Um, he says, you know, what's the message that whatever it is you're going through is trying to tell you? Yeah. What's the message that anxiety is trying to send to you? Your body's telling you something, mm-hmm. right? What's that message? And then how do you channel it and transform that thought into something that actually propels you and doesn't hinder you? So, in, you know, at first I was like, he's crazy. I'm like, this feels miserable. I don't want to get out of bed this morning. My stomach, dude, I lost like 10 pounds. Like my stomach's in knots half the time. And it's a lot better now. This is maybe a month ago, you know. But at the time, I had no appetite. I'm just... I'm at work, but I'm not really at work. You know right. what I mean? I'm like, what do you mean a gift? Well, looking back on it now, I can definitely say I've grown so much in this process. It has been a gift, a mm-hmm. painful one, but man, like it's actually been kind of a, a, in a weird way, a positive thing because it's, it's forced me to change habits that were not good for me anyway. So, you know, that's how I kind of see it is like, I've been learning to acknowledge anxiety. I've even thanked my body for doing its job. Like, right. hey, thank you body for that. I still have fear built into me, but right now I'm good. Like right now, if you look around, I'm okay. There's no lion about to eat me. There's no gun to my head. I appreciate you being alert, but I'm okay. Right. That sounds silly, but when you talk to yourself like that, it calms you down because right. you're telling yourself, I'm not fighting you. I you're, get it. You're bringing your mind back into the reality. Look at the situation right. around me. Exactly. And then and, and then you're grateful for it. So gratitude is another big part of learning, you know, is when you're grateful for things, it changes how you perceive things. And, mm-hmm. you know, listen, I, let me also be clear. It's not like because I say these things that I feel great all the time. Like today right. it was up and down. You know, I definitely had moments of like the walls were closing in, but they're easier. Every day is easier to get through because I had that perspective of, oh, okay, like I'll get through it. I even, this is so cheesy, but I'll say it. I even recorded myself when I'm in good mood saying, Tim, when you're anxious, watch this video. You're going to be fine. Right. You were anxious 10 minutes ago. Now you're fine. And it helps me remember that, yeah, I'm going to get through it. Nothing's permanent. I'm not going to be stuck in this state forever. But you have to be active. And you have to be proactive. You can't just sit around and wish it for it to go away. Right. You have to learn and adapt and, and listen to the message that it's giving you to make the life-changing habits that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Something that Tony Robbins says a lot is that you have to change your physical state. You know, when you're jumping around, even though it's uncomfortable and awkward at first, when you go for a jog, go for a walk, your brain does change. I mean, I went for a couple, again, I've jogged more than ever the past couple weeks, but I feel a lot better after I do a jog. Why? Because I'm changing my physical state, which is tied to my, my mental state. Right. This stuff is very connected. You know, mm-hmm. it's very connected. But now that you're saying that, it, it ties back into, so I've been listening to Tim Mackey a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And he did, he I can't remember which I listen to both of his podcasts, My Strange Bible, Exploring My Strange Bible, and also he has he runs the Bible Project. Yeah. So in the Bible Project, they did a whole study on nefesh, which is what we more than often translate as soul. Yes. But he was linking it, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. So as much as that quote unquote immaterial soulish part of you right. is you. 
so is your body. Right. And it just connected for me when you said that, that how tied our mental state, our spiritual state, our physical state are. Right. It's because we were created to be all of that. Exactly. That That is all of us. Right. But tie, okay, now here's another, now as you're talking, that's that sparks this thought. Think about how what, what you were talking about earlier with like the whole praying and, and you know just say the scripture. Does that take care of the spiritual need? Absolutely, but it doesn't always take care of the physical need or the mental right. need. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nothing. It's nothing against that. Christ isn't enough. Of course, he's enough in that sense. But he also designed me to need more than just that. Mm-hmm. He designed me that I need to know that I'm not alone in this fight. Right. Yeah. I need to know that that there are ways out and that there are things I can do. I need. You know, I there are things I have to do that aren't just prayer, but I have to be mindful of what's going through my head and take control. All those thoughts so you know maybe unintentionally in the christian culture we almost have we have spiritualized everything that we think oh well the the mind and body whatever just fix this the spiritual side first and the rest will follow but sometimes you need to fix the other sides first as well yeah. and have a holistic approach on this stuff mm-hmm. you know or else you're going to be spinning around in circles because anyone who's listening who either has chronic anxiety or has moments of anxiety will tell you when you're in that mode you are not thinking right and what's scary is that you know you're not that's what scares me is i'm like which I only know, compounds it i feel like right i'm like i know this is a lie but it's so convincing right now like i yeah. know this is fake i know the thought that you know if i go see a movie i'm gonna panic attack is completely fake i'll be totally fine and there's nothing to worry about but it feels so real right. so that's what's so scary about that stuff so sometimes praying praying it away doesn't do anything because you're not meeting the mental need that your mind is screaming for of breathing and being back into your physical body and reminding yourself that you're a physical being as well and how important that is right and yeah it's <laughs> it, it's just reinforcing the fact of how we've been taught over the years you have a soul to be saved or where yeah. will your soul be for eternity it's like yeah, but i'm more than i am a soul it's not just a, a part of me that right. goes away and I it, it is all of right. me so as much as that spirit within me is me so is my physical body that I have to take care of that's right so is my mental status so is are my emotions those are all part of the human experience right that when God created man he breathed into Adam the breath of life right man became a living nefesh right that's, that's the wording right a living soul yeah right so in in terms of that, God created us to be all of this. Right. And I think what you have learned and what I am learning through you vicariously is we have to take care of all aspects of ourselves. We do. You know, I mean, dude, even diet. Like I again, this stuff, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much this one issue has affected my entire life. Yeah. Like my life habits are continuing to change. I'm more open to trying anything at this point, but within reason. But you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I'll try that diet. I'll I'll try and get rid of... I mean, dude, I don't drink coffee anymore. Coffee's gone. All right, that's the Theology and Jesus I got podcast. rid of it. Well, because I'm like, if this can give me... If, they say right. it can be a huge trigger for anxiety. Then I'm going to take a year off. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm done forever, but right. in the state I'm in, I got to take care of my body. Yeah. I'm not going to feed it crap and then be, wor- and then be well, why am I so anxious still? Well, you just had a, a double, you know, you just had a, a Big Mac and you had a cup of coffee. How do you think your body's feeling right now? Right. Probably crappy, you know? So there's a big, this anxiety like thing, it's, it's, it's bigger than just, you know, than just the meditation or just journaling. Right. I mean, it's a lot of self-development. I've, 
been reading a lot on how just on self-development. I mean, Tony Robbins, again, has just so many things on YouTube of just how to overcome this or how to make a change in your life. And maybe it's not it's not related related to depression or anxiety, but I'm taking notes in a journal as I'm listening because I know that's going to affect how I perceive things, which will in, in turn affect how I view anxiety and everything else around me, you know? So it's been a very interesting journey because... I've had many days of just like, this is my new life. I'm going to be miserable forever. And then why, you know, in days of just why am I here and days of what's my purpose? I mean, I, I was, I got to a point where I was anxious about the idea of going home to hang out with Sarah because in my head, I'm like, what am I going to do for four hours? Like it's only six o'clock. I go to bed at 10. What do I do for four hours? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm like, I'm literally in my head having an anxiety and anxious thought about what am I going to do for four hours with Sarah? Right. Which is so weird crazy but crazy but my mind's just like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i was so focused on this identity of like a human doing and my identity being tied into me being a musician and all these things i'm like whoa like when that fell away a little bit or i think my mind started saying hey you're more than just than just a musician tim like it's okay but when you lose that identity you're like well what else is there well, who else, who am I then? What do I do with the rest of my life? And that trickles into your everyday. What do I do when I get home? Just do nothing, watch the office. Like I can't, you know, all this time to, to spend before I go to bed and you get anxious over the weirdest things, you know? So it's, it's very interesting how, how anxious thoughts can really affect and really taint a, a very healthy reality. Um, just because of, of, of how you view it through that lens. From a so you started talking about identity from a Christian perspective. Is there a better way to identify ourselves that won't leave us void if something in our life changes? Well, you know this is interesting as well because, you know, I've always grown up and I believed it. You know that my identity should be Christ, and I yeah. believe that. Of course, Christ follower first. We talk about that in the podcast. You know, yeah. the gospel should be central to our lives and how we live that. That's that's a huge part of my life, and that so much of my life flows out of that. But there are other parts that are, you know, passions. Yeah. You know, or um, hey, I'm also a husband. That's one of my identities. Like it's yeah. not just a Christ follower. I'm also a husband to someone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of important, you know. I'm also a musician. I think the problem for me personally was that I really made the musician identity the identity. Um, over everything and then all of a sudden what freaked me out was that one day I was like the thought of drumming gave me anxiety I was like panicking like I don't want to I don't want to drum no I don't want to do it I'm like whoa what is wrong that's when I knew something was way wrong right. when I'm like and part of it is that I told myself my whole life that that's my identity so and your body your mind wants to live in consistency with, with, with who you say it is mm-hmm. so if you say I'm a musician and also you don't want to play now you're out of sync and you're freaking out but really, the message is that Tim, you can always play, but it's not—it's not your—it's not, not your whole life. There's more to life than just playing music. There's more to life than just playing, you know, this one event or going on tour. But in my head, I'm reading it as, well, who am I? I mean, if I, if I don't want to do that all of a sudden, like, you know, wait, am I, am I, am I going to stop playing drums like forever? Of course, my extreme mind, you know. And the answer, of course, is no. But am I going to take a step back from this rat race of music and trying to be the best? Probably, you know, and I'm going to get probably get back to just enjoying playing right. music again. So I told myself I'm going to take the month of May off of music. I have some, I have to play at church for the next few Sundays. You know, I'm not going to 
leave my pasture high right. and dry. But I told him, I said, in May, I need the whole month off. I'm just going to take a month. I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to play. I'm going to just reset and mm-hmm. remember who I am in Christ and who I am as a husband. Right. Honestly, the husband identity has been the biggest one for me that I didn't realize was an identity that I wasn't putting on that I need to put on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, I'm a husband. That means something. Right. I can't just get by on, on like early marriage you know, honeymoon feelings or yeah, how hard can it be? You know, like marriage so far is easy. <laughs> no, it is hard. You know, yeah. and I'm realizing that and it's, it's hard because of the thoughts that I have in my head around anxiousness or, you know, I think I was telling you, Rob, like got to this point where, um, I'm, I was so afraid of failing my wife as a husband that my brain saw marriage as, as something to be feared of. And that made me not, not resent marriage, of course not, right, but maybe right. it made me not want to be part of marriage. Like, right. oh, Tim, like, well, no, you just need to run from it then. I'm like, wait, that is such a lie. Like, that's ridiculous, you know, but but because I have this, I had this in my head of, well, you can, you, you don't want to ever fail your wife. And what if you do one day? What if you lose your temper and say something you regret? Or all, again, what ifs, right? right? But then when you believe them and your mind goes into, into flight, flight or fight mode, where it's like, okay, well, just run then, run from it because you can't do it. And that's when I, you get to catch yourself. Like, mm-hmm. this is craziness. It's amazing how much the mind can really create these realities that are not real, that are so real to you. It's right. such, the mind is so powerful, Rob. I'm realizing that it's incredibly powerful. And when it's, when it's you, when it's in a state of panic and just like not comfortable, it will just create realities that do not exist that are so easy to believe. And I think it's bringing to me a new meaning to, what Paul wrote to the Philippians, whatever things are pure, right, just, holy, good, think about those things. Yeah. Because when we pollute our minds with, yeah. hey, we're looking at this show where it's all failed marriages one after the other. Right. That's reinforcing a negative thought and an anxious thought it in is. my mind. And it, it it goes across spectrums. It doesn't have to just be that. It can be failed musicians. It can, whatever the case is, failed yep. fathers. Yep. Um, and those are just reinforcing those anxious thoughts and undermining my identity that I have tied in those things. That is completely on the money. I thought about that as well, about how much of an influence media has had in these thoughts that I've had or you know, Instagram or, and of course myself, but yeah. you know, I've consumed a lot of media. I watched, we, I default to TV. Oh, I'm bored. I'll throw it, see what's on TV. I mean, lately it's been, okay, I'm going to throw a Tony Robbins talk on and take notes on it. That's my new default, you right. know, cause I'm like, I'm realizing life is too short to just waste away. Like what a waste watching TV is now. Again, is there a time and place for everything? Of course. Absolutely. Do Sarah and I still watch an office episode at night before bed every now and then? Of course we do. Right. Did we go to the office quizzo at World Cafe Live? We did, you know? <laughs> so, of course, there's moments for that. Yeah. But I was watching so much of it. It was robbing me of like my own personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, and my mind, I think, just woke me up saying, hello, we're panicking here. I need growth. Right. Because that's the human experience, honestly. I'm realizing that, too. If you're the not hum- growing, you're... You're not living. Right. The The human experience as a human is growth and change and understanding things better. And that's just how we're wired. We're wired to explore and to seek. We're just wired that way. I think that's why it's what God has given us. Yeah, a, absolutely. A, a want to discover what's new and what else is out there. It's a good thing, you know. But when you're stagnant and you're just feeding yourself tons of media crap and you're just waking up on, on you know, Facebook and Instagram making your reality these imaginary worlds – all of a sudden, your mind wakes up saying, hello, I haven't been in reality in years. Where have you been? I got to come back. So here's some panic for you. Are you right. back now? Do I have your attention? Yeah. Because something is way wrong. Yeah, and to your point, 
you know, people have always questioned, well, if humanity is confined to this tiny blue planet, a third rock from the sun, why did God create the entire universe? I think it's to that point. Yeah. God created us with an inquisitive and exploratory nature yep. where we want to discover, we want to learn, we want to grow. What else is out there? What what can we find? What does what can this tell us about us? And the entire universe I think paints that picture that listen, I created humanity with a very special touch and it's I created you with the intent that you will grow. You will mature. You will gain intelligence. You'll fail sometimes. Yep. You, but that's all part of the human experience. Well, and, and great point right there, the failure piece. So I didn't realize this about, about myself, but I'm a, a perfectionist for things that I care about. I mean, to a fault. I mean, a real perfectionist. And learning that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to swing the bat and miss, mm -hmm. that's a big learn for me because especially with music, I just was so... Um, insistent on just being the best in my local area or just personally to me like being foolproof and having the best pocket and the best timing and the best fills you know because it was just it was like an insatiable hunger and if, if I, I remember playing events where if I made one mistake the whole night was ruined for me right like oh it was good but you have a mistake I made no one heard it but me but it ruined my night. I'm like, you know what? Like that's unhealthy. But these standards that we have in place of either ourselves or what culture tells us have to be in place, they can do a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. A lot of damage. Hmm. So it, I think our identity getting back to, I think we've even had podcasts or articles about this on our site before of what is our identity? Identity is in Christ, but what does that mean? And I think what we're kind of talking about here is it means different things. What we have to do is make sure the identity that I'm placing on myself or others are placing on me that I'm trying to live up to is in line with Christ and is a reality. Yep. Because what your mind was doing was placing a reality that isn't real yep. or is uh, falsely inflated by social media or negatively affected by circumstances around you. Yeah. Where it's getting that identity. Okay. What's, what is the right place for that identity? Yep. What, cause I think you'll always say I'm a musician. You are, Yeah. you can't escape that identity, right. but it's putting a healthy place on it. Right. Um, it's, it, it's almost like that's part of, of, of who I am. But my self worth can't be attached to that. Correct. And I think when it was, and it still is, and it's, I'm yeah. working on it. It's you know, it could be tough to like, if, if 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 I'm not playing, I'm not worth anything. Right. Which is a again, when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. But in your mind, it's easy. It's easy to believe. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not always pursuing Sarah the right way, she won't love me at some point. Right. It says it sounds crazy saying it out loud, but in your head, it's easy to believe. Mm -hmm. You know. So there are all these little moments that. I, you know, I found talking out loud has been so helpful. I'll go on walks and just process out loud because when you hear yourself say certain things, you're like, that is crazy. Or you'll say, whoa, I never thought about that before. That, right. That's a good thought, you know? So you have to have those moments of processing. The other thing too I think is important is realizing that, and this, this is a very Tony Robbins thing, so I'm stealing from him, but he talks about the idea of rituals, mm -hmm. that we everyone has rituals that they do, and those rituals determine who you become and what your life looks like. You know, if your ritual is you wake up in the morning, you eat fast food, you eat more fast food, you eat crap at night, you're probably going to be overweight. That's that's the result. 
you know, but if your ritual is you wake up, you're in the gym, you're out, you're walking three times a day, you're eating healthy, then you probably aren't in a better spot uh, physically, you know? Right. So it's the idea of that rituals, no matter what they are, we all have them. They shape who you are and what you do. And it's important to be in the, in, into, uh, it's important to be practicing healthy rituals, right. you know, um, for that specific reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we like patterns. We are, we are patterned people. Yes. I mean, and in the same way we are a following people. We like to, follow a leader or follow or whatever so yep. if we're putting something in our life that's up there that we're trying to attain to it can be very unhealthy for humans us. humans are patterns man thoughts are patterns i mean yeah. think about it a thought usually is a question we ask ourselves mm-hmm. am i this or what about this i mean we can i, make, I do that better right i mean listen we we ask ourselves thousands of questions a day what do I want for lunch? Some of them are very harmless. Where should I get a cup of coffee? Am I hungry now? Meh, maybe. You know, how do I handle the situation? Those are normal questions. Some questions we ask, though, depending on how we answer, determines how we see it. You know, am I really adequate in my marriage? No. Oh, crap. Now the walls are closed. In there. Right. You know, so, you know, good questions get, get, get good answers. Bad questions get, get bad answers. Mm-hmm. So when you ask yourself bad questions, you know, questions that aren't true, your mind will start to run with it. So it's important to be able to to uh, take that that thought captive quickly and be able to just watch it float on by. And that's what I was just thinking is that headspace allows you to capture those things yes. and process them individually instead of yep. very quickly, sequentially, and then before you know it, you're already at, well, I need to leave because I'm going to mess it up anyway. The analogy they use is you're watching cars on the highway. The idea is that you want to be sitting on a rock watching the cars pass. Oh, that's a Chevy. Out of sight. Oh, that's a Ford. Out of sight. The problem is that usually what you do is you jump in front of the highway and try and stop all the traffic. And everything just piles up in your mind. You know, right. Stop that thought. I'm not going to think about it, which only makes that thought 10,000 times bigger. So that's kind of what I've been working on mentally, the, that, that like ability to, okay, I see the thought. It's, it's an unpleasant feeling. I noted it. You know, I see it. Now I'm going to, I'm going to get back to reality. So I'll, I'll, I'll breathe in a few times, focus on the breath. That's a very present reality and it's physical. Mm -hmm. And that usually will snap me out of that moment of, oh my gosh, is Sarah going to leave me? Oh my gosh, is, you know, am am I enough? Oh my gosh, like, am I going to have a panic attack when I go see Black Panther on Thursday night? You know, whatever it is that like have never happened are are probably not going to happen because whenever, whenever I'm in reality, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, being able to acknowledge that thought, okay, that's a question I ask myself. Are you going to be okay seeing Black Panther? yeah i'll be fine but what if you're not okay good point i'll watch it just float on by you know as opposed to just yeah you're right what if what if what if what if and you're in this humongous circle it's like a tornado honestly just this tornado of thoughts that you just are like you know what is going on and how do i stop it and to the highway analogy sometimes you're sitting there on the rock and you're like i can't process all these thoughts look at all of these thoughts right i can't process all of these cars going by right where you're learning to let's pick out that red one. That red exactly. one is a Chevy. Exactly. How does that Chevy? What? What's What's unique about that Chevy? Right. And then oh, there right. it goes. And that's part of it too is being able to see a thought and then and then ask the questions to kind of dearm it. You know, like let's go back to that Black Panther, you know, panic attack analogy. Because honestly, I haven't been to a movie since Jumanji, so it's kind of in my head a little bit. Like, well, what if you have a panic attack again? So I have I had to take that thought and say, well, why do you think that? 
Well, because you had one before. Okay, that's fair. I almost did. Uh, did, did, did you survive it? Yes. Are you here today? Yes. Are you in a much better headspace now? Yes. Are you actually aware of what a panic attack looks like and you can talk yourself through it because you know you're, you're going to be just fine? Yes. Great. So you should be just fine at Black Panther. Yes. And you know, So sometimes you have to bring that thought into light Totally examine it with truth, mm-hmm. ask the questions, and then you know work your way down the ladder back to back to planet Earth. That's an, uh, another example of a good question I've been taught to ask myself is, you know, if, if I'm feeling really, if I'm feeling feeling really anxious, ask the thought um, or the question, "Are you okay right now in this moment? Right now?" And the answer always will be yes. Yes, right now I am totally okay. I am fine, actually. There's nothing going on. And then think of 10 things that you're grateful for in that moment. So it's like it's just a step to get you out of your head and back into reality. Oh, yeah, I'm grateful for the clothes on my back, grateful for the computer in front of me, grateful for my phone, grateful, whatever it is, you know. And that brings you back to telling your body, yes, body, I'm okay. There's nothing going on. I'm okay in this moment. So there's no reason to be panicked or worried. Or having your body tell your mind, look. My body is okay. Yes. You're sending it into panic mode. Yes. You, you don't have to do that. Well, that was the other thing. I'm also learning. I'm, I learned so much. Again, isn't it amazing how much how much pain, but yeah, I've learned so much. Like, right. I've, I would never know this stuff a couple months ago. And, you know, another, and then another thing I learned is that um, when your body releases adrenaline, that's mm-hmm. what gives you the symptoms of anxiety. Right. So being able to even know that has been helpful. It's been so dearming because if I, my stomach's in knots, I used to I used to think here comes the anxiety. Well, it's not really the anxiety. It's actually just adrenaline in my system, and I can tell myself, nope, that's just that's just adrenaline, and it's gonna pass, and you're gonna be okay. Calms me way down, way more than oh no, your stomach is in knots. You're not gonna eat. You're gonna lose weight right, again. Which then is pumping more adrenaline, right. and only making the problem worse. This is a weird thought to even say out loud. It's almost embarrassing, but I'll say it. I've been panicked about like well if you're not hungry you're gonna lose all this weight and get real skinny like right. real skinny like you're, you're getting you know um, emaciated yeah emaciated that's what i'm looking for and then i'm like wait no i'm not first off i'm fine second of all i can lose i can still lose a few pounds thank you very much <laughs> you know number number three this this stomach pain i'm feeling is just the adrenaline inside of me because my body's releasing it and it will pass and it just helps so much mm-hmm. helps so much so Understanding your body, understanding how anxiety works, understanding how the mind works, those all help you on the path and in, uh, in, on the road to recovery of being able to live with anxiety and be able to manage it just fine. Because like I said, just like how you can't get rid of happiness, it's a human emotion, you're not going to get rid of anxiety. It's part of who you are. doesn't mean you're broken. Every human on the face of the planet at some point has experienced anxiety doesn't matter who they've experienced fear they've experienced anxiety so you're not alone in that right off the bat it's what you do with those thoughts going forward it's how you handle it it's how you view it if you view it as woe is me you're going to be that way the rest of your life but if you view it as this is a gift what's it telling me how can i learn from it what's god trying to show me through it and also who can i help right with you know listen i'm looking forward to the day and hopefully one day from now, a year, 10 years, where I can tell someone, I know exactly where you've been and I've been through it. Let me help you. Right. That's what keeps me going half the time, you know? But those are all the thoughts you got to have in your head to get through these moments of the walls are closing in, I'm panicked, everything's wrong, my whole life is topsy turvy, all these crazy thoughts that your mind will play tricks with. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, it, it needs to be a, a total approach. Yes, there has to be the spiritual approach. 100%. But there has to be the mental approach. There has to be the physical approach. And all of those things have to work together. Yes. And then to your point of 
you will you will experience anxiety at some point. The most common command in scripture is do not fear. Yeah. Because we are prone to fear. <laughs> right. Right. It's not do not be angry, do not be happy, right. or whatever. It's right. do not fear. Yep. So it's a very common experience, I think, that yeah. is underplayed and that we don't talk about. Well, you know, I think you're right, man. That that one of the biggest realizations for me was was realizing I'll never forget I was <laughs> So I'm going through this anxiety stuff, you know. I, I'm still going through it, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like I have a better handle on what's actually happening. But you know, in the beginning, I'm like, I'm like, I'm the only one going through this stuff. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, I've known him for almost a year or two now. We we're we're somewhat close. We hang out every now and then. And I told him what I'm going through, and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I've been that that that's my whole life. I've been anxiety. I'm actually on medication for it. I, I do all this stuff. I see a therapist. I'm like, I had no idea. Right. I had no idea. So you just think that you're the only one until you call it out. Then all of a sudden you realize, oh, this person went through this. This person's been there. Friends of mine who have, I've known for years told me, oh yeah, I've been there. You have? Where Where have you been then? You know, why, why did I never know this? You know, like right. that, that that you've been where I've I've been and you've gotten through it. That's super comforting to know that that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. No matter even if even if it seems real dark in the morning or at night, there's a light at the, at the end of the tunnel, and that you're gonna get through it. You're always gonna get through. It. I'm still here. All my anxiousness, all those moments of worrying, I'm still here. And guess what? Right now, in this moment, I feel totally clear. So after this podcast, I'll t- record myself a video saying to future Tim, "You're fine." Yeah, <laughs> future Tim, listen to our podcast. Yeah, listen to it. Yeah, I'll probably <laughs> listen to it a lot actually, knowing me. But yeah, so it's been a journey, man. It's definitely been. It's been a great humbling process, and I have a lot more empathy for, for people who have these struggles consistently. I'm I'm under the impression that I have a pretty mild dose overall of anxiety. I'm pretty functioning. I'm still going to work. You know, I'm not right. crippling, but I can only I can't imagine any right. You can understand how someone can get to that point, man. And honestly, like, how do I help them? Like that, that that's a, that's yeah. the next question. Like I wish I could take your pain away because I I know that pain and it's terrible. In fact, Tony Robbins will even say that his mother was you know a great mother but also abusive, and he will tell you that he doesn't slander her at all because that's who made him who he is today that pain made him never want to have other humans feel that same pain right. which is why he does what he does all because of pain right. you know so i think sometimes we underestimate the power of pain and we don't underestimate we, we don't see how yeah is it painful yeah but is it growing you like crazy yeah probably more than pleasure <laughs> in a lot of ways you know like i'm I've had the same habits for a lot of years, but in one and a half months, my habits have totally changed because of pain. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's what we learn as kids. Yeah. Your mom can tell you 400 times, don't touch the burner. It's hot. Right. You're not going to learn it until you touch it. Right. Touch it once. You ain't never going back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just as we kind of wrap up, I I recently watched, I think it was like the... um, the graduation ceremony for Navy SEALs. Okay. And the commander, whoever he was, was given the speech. And he was like, you know, one thing that I'll always tell everyone that comes through here is make your bed in the morning. He says, first thing it does, you accomplish a task. And that sets you up for your next tasks. And sets you up for your next one, your next one, and your next one. But you get started with a very simple, easy task. And you start your day off with hey, I did something. And it reinforces that idea in your mind. I did something today. I yes. can keep going and I can do something else. And he's like, and a side bonus, when you have a really crappy day, you come home, your bed's made. You did something today. That's right. No, it's <laughs> but, true. But it's a it. It's just reinforcing that today was not a total wash. 
Yeah. Today is just another day. Another tomorrow day. will be another day. Yep. I'll make my bed tomorrow and we'll continue on from there. Listen, rituals and habits and consistent patterns are very healthy and good to do as a human. You know, it's, I don't know why in my head I had this thought for a lot of years of like, oh, most people just get up and just, you know, do what I do, watch TV and do their thing. And they don't really focus on on their, on themselves or self-development. But then I realized that, that I realized that the people I look up to the most are people of discipline and habits and self-development. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people that like, my, my mom's a great example of that. You know, she, her and I have actually related more than ever as I've been going through this because she's like, oh my gosh, Tim, this is what I've been dealing with for the past five years this idea of worry but I've had to learn self-development to get through this stuff it's been great so that's been really nice Mm -hmm. but Every morning, she does the same thing. She wakes up, does gets into the word, does some self reading, says does some self motivation, um, all that stuff. You know, does some meditating. I'm like, wow, mom, I had no idea, but she does every morning because right. you need those patterns in your life. Mm-hmm. You just do. So, well, hopefully, this helps someone. Yeah. So, listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you are an anxious person or you're currently having anxiety, first off, I can officially say I understand a hundred percent what that feels like. I know the feeling of uh, the walls closing in and just feeling like a little hopeless and just what do I do? And you know, why do things I love to do? I don't want to do all of a sudden I get all of that. So here are a couple of practical things I can, I can send your way. First off, there's a great podcast I found and it's not ours. It's another one. So for the record, <laughs> it's called the anxiety coaches podcast. There's about 400 episodes about 20 minutes long on all kinds of practical things on anxiety. That was what kind of started me into this self-development onto this path of discovering what anxiety is. Right. So I recommend that for anyone. They're 18 minutes or little car ride blips. They are, some of them are for me have been immensely helpful. Uh, the girl who hosts it is great. She's also struggled with anxiety. So knowing that, that it's someone talking to me who's been there is super helpful. That's the first thing I recommend. Uh, number two, if you are having consistent anxiety as like, like I've had in the past and still some, sometimes have a counselor is a great, a great thing. It was very humbling have to see, having to call a counselor to see one. I mean, again, I prided myself in not needing a counselor because who needs right. counseling? Weak people. But I'll tell you what, man. I'm actually going tomorrow morning for another session. It's been so good. Being able to talk things out and talk through things. You know, it's funny. The Bible talks about how counsel is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in our culture, we see it as a weakness because people are professionals or do this as a career because they're so good at it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Right. You know, I recommend, and I, honestly, I think for this stuff, I, re- I recommend a Christian counselor because they're going to tie in the spiritual side, but they're also very right. practical. The guy I go to has been great. He's not overly spiritual. Not everything is a spiritual demonic attack, right. you know, but he relates things back to the word and back to scripture. But, you know, in, the, in my case, the person I've been going to, you know, one of the first sessions he said, listen, I had anxiety so bad I was disabled for panic attacks. Like, I was literally disabled. I was a disabled person due to panic attacks. That's how bad it was. So knowing that he got through that and he lives a very functional life that's very right, happy. And can help others. Right. It makes me feel so much more comforted and secure knowing that, okay, this guy's been where I've been at. So I always recommend counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend the app I've been using called Headspace. Um, the first basic packs are free. After that, it's 100 bucks for the year or $12 for the month so I'm doing the first month now it's been great um, it takes time this stuff will take time but it's been very helpful to get into a rhythm of doing that journaling of course always important and any kind of self development so something I started doing is 
I'm doing self-development on things outside of anxiety now. Right. Like, oh, like like how to have a habit and keep it. Let me go over that because it, it, it focuses my mind on things other than anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes in your quest to solve, quote unquote, anxiety, you can just get so wrapped up in the culture of anxiety of I got to be aware of my anxiety. Right. It's good to get outside of that and focus, focus on focus on other things as well you know mm-hmm. so tony robinson is great he does curse a lot i'm letting you guys know now but i like that because it kind of wakes me up you're like oh yeah this guy's speaking real he's not sugarcoating anything so i appreciate that but youtube there's a plethora of stuff there's great ted talks on anxiety there's great informational videos on anxiety and there's also great stuff on how to just become a better human so that's what i would say the final thing i would say to anyone struggling is that even though it's hard to see it this way, you need to understand that this is going to grow you big time if you let it. You know, right. I make the choice that this is not going to defeat you, but this is going to grow you as a human, and that in that one day you're going to share this with someone else. You know, my dad when I called him having a panic attack, he said, "Listen, when I was your age, I went through many panic attacks and, and a lot of anxiety." He, you know, if, if if he went through it for only that reason to tell his son that he's been through it, it was worth it, I'm sure for him. So you never know how how this story is going to be used in the future. How. God will bring someone in, into your life or what, you know, to be able to tell someone, hey, I've been there and I've gotten through it. So that's what I would say to anyone who is anxious or depressed or just, you know, going through a season of identity crisis that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you're not going to fix it. So learn to make it your friend now. Mm-hmm. Learn to be okay when you're not okay. That will get you so much farther ahead of the game just by being okay even when it's uncomfortable. And being an anxious person doesn't mean that you're broken. Yes. I'm it means that you're that. human. Exactly. I thought admitting that I have, I'm have i struggling through anxiety meant I was weak and that I was powerless. What it actually showed me is that I'm actually strong and that I'm not the only person and that it's okay. And that, you know what, the more honest you are with yourself, the sooner you can start to heal. That, right. and that, that's really honest. If, if you tell yourself you're not this, you're not this, you're going to reinforce that, that stigma. You're only going to crash harder. The sooner you just get humble and tell yourself, you know what, I am, I'm not, um, I'm not infallible. I'm not perfect, and that's okay. We're in a very results-driven culture, but the human experience is not always results-driven. It's okay to take a break from something. Yeah. It's okay to put down a passion. It's okay to ask work for a day or two off or just some, you know, refocus. It's okay to do that because we're humans, and we need to, you know, we need to focus on that part of our life. Cool. Good. All right. Rob, not a bad last episode for no, you. That was that was a good one. That was great. Yeah, well I and I thank you for being so open about it. Absolutely. It honestly is therapeutic for me. It sounds crazy, but it works the more you talk about it. So hopefully someone who hears this this helps them because that's the whole point of the human experience. I'm determined. I'm I'm convinced of that more and more. Love God and love people have never met been more true for me in my entire right. life like, and have more clarity than what they have right now totally like I, i've been reinvigorated to help out people with this like i just want to help now which is crazy because two months ago my life was music you know which is me focused but now it's changing right. i need to so. reach the gospel with music right now, like, well no it's not the only way <laughs> right yeah so well, listen, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I appreciate you listening and sticking through this whole hour and 15-minute episode. If you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to send us an email because I am not on social media. And Are you on Facebook? No. So I have no idea who's running our account right now. You no one. I'm going to have to log in just to post this then because I have no... You know what I'll do? 
What? I'll reactivate mine. I'll set Julia as an admin to our fate our uh, facebook Perfect. page and then she can do it that's excellent that so, way we can yeah i prefer our, yeah i, I don't, don't want you to get sucked in i i don't want to either but listen if this if this podcast does help you send us an email send us um probably an email is probably the best bet what's yeah. your email address podcast at coffee theology and jesus.com that'd be great if you have any comments or feedback send it our way and uh we'll go from there so cool all right everybody have a great night or day, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. It's currently almost midnight here. Yeah. So, so have a good one. All right, goodbye. Trooping in from the head.